Very good morning to you all. I'd like to grab your coffee, grab a donut, grab a seat. Hope you've all recovered from your week of festivities. Christmas is under your belt, New Year celebrations, New Year festivities, ready to launch into the new year. Uh, if you're new here or visiting this morning, you're very, very welcome. It's lovely to see you. If you are new or you're visiting, uh, in one of the chairs just in front of you, you'll see one of these green connect cards. Do fill that out and uh, give it into Ravi at the... Ravi, give us a wave. Let's hear it for our sound man. The guys on the sound desk always do such an amazing job. Um, give it to Ravi and uh, he uh, will make sure that we get that and we'll send you some information about who we are and why we do church like this and let you know some of the things that are going on. Don't worry, you're not signing your life away, he says. So, another new year. Who's excited about 2016? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. It's a bit excited. New year. Uh, we... We stand on the brink of this uh, new year, 2016, and I, I don't know what it is. Um, there's, something, there's something hardwired into uh, us all. There's something that connects us with the seasons, the points of the year and stuff like that, that um, it just causes us at times like this to pause, to stop, to consider, to reflect, to, uh, to re-evaluate, uh, to, to stop. As someone said to me this morning, there's time to stop and to reflect, and there's time to look ahead. And there's, a, there's an optimism, there's a pessimism, it's all kind of mixed in uh, together. And New Year is uh, a time where we kind of do all of that. We've got this sort of pause between Christmas and New Year, maybe, hopefully some of us managed to get a few days, we just kind of catch our breaths, think. We're still, still in, that, in that moment. Tennyson wrote, uh, hope smiles from the threshold of the year to come, wishing it will be happier. So there's this turning of the year. It's a time of um, just taking stock, time to pause. G.K. Chesterton, he, once, uh, he wrote this. He said, the object of a new year is not that we should have a new year. It is that we should have a new soul and a new nose, new feet, a new backbone, new ears, and new eyes. Unless a particular man made New Year resolutions, he would make no resolutions. Unless a man starts afresh about things, he will certainly do nothing effective. So, this is an opportunity for us to take time, an opportunity for us to hit the pause button and to take stock, to think back on the last year and to reflect on that and to look forward in anticipation uh, to the new year, the year uh, ahead. Um, what might we do the same? What might we do differently? What are our 
hopes? What are our hopes and dreams for this coming year? What are some of the things that we want to see happen? What are some of the things that we don't want to see happen? What about um, this time last year? Where were we this time last year? How, how have we grown since this time last year? How are we different to the person that we were at 12 months ago? How have we changed? How have the experiences that we have had over the 2015 changed us? For those of us who are here and we're followers of Jesus, um, how are we more like Jesus at this point in this year than we were at this point last year? To what extent have we been transformed with ever-increasing glory into the wonderful image of Jesus? And um, every, every year, um, every new year, millions of people the world over think through New Year's resolutions. Facebook is fantastic at this time of year. You, uh, people start posting all of their resolutions in a desperate attempt to keep themselves accountable. And so you can kind of see everyone's, everyone's throwing their life out there. And um, We're all making all of these resolutions. Um, we're all about to sign up to the gym, like properly this time. We're all going to go to the gym seven times a week, like next week and the week after. And that will be it. You know, it will be our gym visits have cost us, you know, something like 375 pounds a go or whatever it is. Um, we're all going to commit, uh, definitely, <laughs> some of us more than others, to losing weight and being svelte and slim by the end of the year. We're all going to exercise more. We're going to break those bad habits once and for all. Definitely no more of that. I will not do that. Um, anymore. We're going to make resolutions. As Christians, hopefully, we're going to resolve. We're going to make a resolution to grow in our relationship with Jesus, to grow in our relationship with God. Um, This morning, I just wanted to encourage us to think about, uh, as I tend to at the beginning of um, the new year, um, but this morning, I want to to encourage us to think about starting afresh um, with just one thing. I want to encourage us to think about making a resolution just really around one, just one thing, uh, if we possibly can. I, I want to encourage us to think about setting our resolve uh, and committing ourselves um, to this one thing this year. Um, our plumb line, our yardstick, our gold standard, the guide um, to living well. It's not my diary. Uh, it, it is actually um, the, bi- the Bible. Um, some of you, some of you have got these. Um, let's see. Honestly, it actually says it. You can see the Holy Bible, right? Um, how about our New Year's resolutions, such that we have them centered around um, this, this book, around the Holy Scriptures, around the inspired Word of God? Um, the Holy Bible, God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Um, and as I said, as is my want at uh, this time of year, I really do want to encourage us as we're thinking, particularly about reflecting back on 2015 as we're anticipating 2016, as we're thinking about what are some of the things that we want to get into place, what are some of the things that we want to get sorted 
for the year ahead. Um, how might we be a more biblically savvy church by the end of this year? And, and I tend to do this on an annual basis, um, and I'm going to carry on doing it on an annual basis, so um, just bear with me. Really, what I'm asking us is to ask ourselves as a church the question, what would happen to us as a community of people, as a gathering of people, if in, over, the, over the next 12 months we, um, we have all given ourselves um, more to the study of the Scriptures, more to um, not only just reading this book, not only just um, soaking ourselves in it, but in actually trying to work together as a community of believers to apply the stuff that we find in here into the outworking of our day-to-day um, lives and the lives, um, the interactions that we have with the people around us. What would happen to us as individuals, what would happen to us as a church if we were to start afresh uh, with the Scriptures um, this year? And um, the thing about the Scriptures is in and through the Scriptures, in and through this book, we've been given this incredibly, um, wonderful, incredibly wonderful tool of, of radical transformation. Um, the, the Bible is all about change. It's all about transformation. Um, it, it changes us. It changes things. It changes all kinds of um, things. It's, it's God's communication um, with us. It's, it's our instruction manual. Now, I know we're not good with instruction manuals. Christmas is a fantastic opportunity um, to demonstrate our approach to life and perhaps our approach to the Scriptures, you know, uh, the camera arrives, and with it comes a 700-page instruction manual. You know, it's the cam- your camera's under the tree at Christmas, or whatever it is, your iPhone uh, thing, or your iPad, or whatever it is, your device. Or, and, and the instruction manual gets opened. The first thing that we do is we scan it to see if there's uh, that, that quick setup guide. You know where it's like one page? And if we can't find that within the first flick, the instruction manual goes to the side, and then we start playing with things. You know, we start pressing buttons and pushing things and just hoping for the best. Here we have an instruction, an instruction manual uh, for life. This is, the, this is the God, the Father, giving us everything that we possibly need about how to do life well, how to live life well, how to deal with the things that we are all dealing with day in, day out, week in, week out. You look back over 2015, some of the most challenging and difficult situations that some of us have been through. The stuff that's in here is the, are the, is the toolkit, it's the, the tools that we need in order to get through those things and to get through those things well. Um, so when we open-heartedly um, engage with this revelation in the Scriptures, when we actually start to immerse ourselves in it, we actually start to just to read it, just to read it, to read it, to read it, um, we shouldn't be surprised that change and transformation comes about. And this morning, very quickly, I just want to look at um, three or four biblical pictures that express some of the power um, of this transforming power of, of God's Word. So if you've got a Bible, which I'm sure you all do, um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, there's some, Bible, there's some Bibles up here at the front. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 um, says this The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It's able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 
So the, the first picture that we've got here is of the scriptures literally being like a surgeon's knife. The scriptures literally like uh, a scalpel. And the, the, the scriptures, the, the word of God penetrating right to the very deepest part of our being. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, reading the Bible is more about being read than any reading that we're doing. Um, you see, uh, what happens is as we, as we read these, these living and active words, uh, slowly, layer by layer by layer, skins, everything's cut through until every single thing about us is laid bare. And, and nothing, not any bit of us, can be hidden from God's uh, penetrating power, the penetrating power of the Scriptures. And what happens is as we read and as we read, and I believe that happens even if we're just reading and we don't even feel like we're even necessarily concentrating. There's so much power in the Word of God. You can just, just, you just read this stuff, right? You don't have to worry about how much you're meditating. You don't have to worry about how much you're studying, right? That's great. You need, we all need to be doing that. But even if, just, just, if nothing else, just reading, just reading, just reading, just reading chapter and chapter and chapter of Scripture, we will be transformed. The, the, the scalpel of the Scriptures uh, will, will do His work. Uh, God will perform, it's like He performs open-heart surgery on us. And just as we allow the, the living and active Word, the power of the Scriptures to search us and to know us and to divide joints from, um, uh, soul from spirit, joints from marrow. That's what takes place. And um, as we do our part, our part in this is just, as I say, it's just reading. We just read the scriptures and the Spirit of God does his part and he judges the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. And as he does that, um, slowly but surely, by his grace, through his mercy, we are changed and we're transformed into the glorious image of Jesus. And as we read and as we're changed, uh, we grow we're in a different place to where we were just a week ago, just two weeks ago, just a month ago, and our hearts suddenly become more tender. And our, our, our thoughts slowly but surely become uh, purer. And our deeds somehow become kinder. And we kind of look back and we're not entirely sure how it all happened. But something in us has shifted. All that we know is that the more of his word um, that we read and we study and we meditate on and we contemplate and we reflect on, the more like him uh, we become. So that's the first image, the this, this scalpel, the surgeon's knife of the scriptures. The second is this. What about Psalm 119, verse 105? Um, Psalm 119, verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a word to my path. I think, I think every single one of the 176 verses in this psalm, every single one of them mentions the scriptures in some way or another. And, and uh, verse 105 is, is no exception. It's, it's no exception. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You see, this book, the scriptures, the Holy Bible, this has been given to us to lead us and to guide us and to illuminate the path that we tread to show us this is the way, walk in it. And there's no question that life 
is hard. So, so many of us, just as we review, just as we've spent time reviewing the last 12 months, we, we've had unquestionably some wonderful times. We've had some fantastic times, some fan, just wonderfully delightful times. But we will also have gone through um, hardships. We'll have also gone through challenges. We'll have also gone through difficulties. We've also gone through our fair share of tragedy. Some of us have been sick. Some of us have lost loved ones. Some of us um, have struggled financially. Some of us have struggled um, with work. Some of us have struggled um, with our families. For some of us, relationships that we've been in or we've had have, have broken down. Or, or, or all kinds of things. It's just been hard at times. Really hard. And um, the truth of it is, when we look back over 2015, some of us would say, well, you know, um, I felt like much of the time I was kind of walking around in darkness, stumbling, just stumbling around in what felt like fog, just trying to keep upright. And if I kept upright, I, I felt like I was doing a good job. I set the bar on success really, really low. And just keeping standing was, I was doing great. Well, as we heard countless times before uh, Christmas, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And his name is Emmanuel, Jesus, the Messiah. And this book, the scripture, this, this holy book, is all about the Messiah. It's all about the person of Jesus. I don't know if any of you managed to watch the 24-7 Advent podcasts um, in the Rams Christmas. Did any of you watch any of those things that were on the city? Just fantastic. If you haven't watched those, they're all on the city, and they are fantastic groundings in just the, just the truths of the scriptures, just the word of God. Just go through those and just read, uh, just watch those again and again and again. Um, because the scriptures constantly point to the wonderful person of Jesus. And they are a lamp to our feet and they're a light to our path so that we no longer have to walk in darkness. Um, life will still definitely present us with its challenges. That's not going to change this side of heaven, um, as you have probably worked out by now. The difference is having the scriptures in us, having the scriptures on us, having the scriptures around us. Um, it, 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 it changes us and changes our response to the challenges and the difficulties we face. And so our circumstances may well not change. However, the more we've immersed ourselves in the scriptures, our responses to those circumstances is dramatically different to how it was before. And, uh, and living and breathing and walking around and doing life and parenting um, through difficult stages of um, parenting and uh, doing marriage and um, uh, being childless and being single and being wealthy and being in wants and being healthy and being... Um, sick and, um, I don't know, struggling with your faith or struggling with your sexuality or uh, struggling with any kind of number of the difficulties and the challenges that 
any single one of us in this room is going through at any given time. Suddenly got that whole bit easier because of the scriptures, simply. Um, have a look at Isaiah 40. Um, Isaiah 40 verse 8 says this. It says, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Word of God, it endures. This book's been around for a long time. It's been tried and tested. The word of the Lord will not pass away. It will stand forever. Um, flip on to Isaiah 55. It says this, as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. We live in a, a, um, an age, just a, in a world with, with an abundance of words. There are words, words all over the place, uh, most of them, many of them cheap, fleeting. But God's words are permanent. They are permanently uh, valid. They are unalterably true. They do not change. And as such, as followers of Jesus, we need to know this book. Now more than ever, perhaps. We need to know what's in this book. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says this, These commandments that I give you today, they are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. We need to have the stuff that's in here, in us, on us, around us, constantly. We need to be drinking it in, soaking ourselves in it, eating of it, nourishing our souls, feeding our spirits. The beginning of that um, chapter 55 of um, Isaiah says this, Why spend uh, your money? Come to me, all you who are thirsty. goes on, it says, Why spend money on what's not bread? Why um, labor on what does not satisfy? It says, Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Why? Why spend precious time? Why invest the limited? We are all constantly complaining that we have no time. And yet we are investing all the time in things that do not satisfy. We have plenty of time. We just choose to spend it on the wrong things. Why spend time on things that don't satisfy what are the things that we're choosing to read? What are the things that we're choosing to watch? What are the things that we're choosing to do with our time? The Bible says, give ear and come to me. Um, that listen that you might live. Because the stuff that's in here, it doesn't pass away. It stands um, forever. And how does it all happen? How do all these things kind of come about? Well, um, actually, surprisingly, um, it comes about by reading the Bible. If you're making notes, 
Right, you can write that, that down. It's like read, 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 read the Bible. We, just have, we, we kind of just have to read it. I, mean, I don't really know. I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> um, yes, the revelation for the year. <laughs> we just need to read our Bibles a bit more. And I don't mean that like, kind of like a, oh gosh, it's like a heavy, onerous, legalistic thing. Just, just pick it up and read the flipping thing. Um, just read it. Um, it comes about by spending time with God. It, it comes about as we go to him and read his word. It, it comes about as we go to him and pray his word. And if you don't just like reading it, pray it. Pray the scriptures. When you open the Bible and pray what you're reading. Um, maybe meditate on it. Maybe just chew over a, a couple of words or a verse and, you know, picture yourself like, you know, a, a cow on, in, in pasture just chewing the cud until you've extracted every last bit of juice from goodness, vitamin, mineral from the, from the grass, from the word. That's what meditate means. Just chew over it. Chew, 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 chew. Keep chewing it. Seeking him, uh, going to him in whether it's worship, silence, reverence, awe. Because um, if we're not going to God, if we're not choosing to make time for him, if we're not choosing to interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves and attend to the presence of the Almighty, and if we're not choosing to do that in worship and uh, through prayer, through just reading the Bible, if we're, if we're not carving out time, if we're not creating time to spend time with the Father, um, to spend time, to, to to waste our time, lavish our time on God. Um, if we're not getting our core questions, the questions about our identity, the questions about um, who are we, and the questions about who are we in relation to others, all those uh, key questions of uh, am I loved, am I lovable, uh, who, who am I, what's my role, what's my calling, what's my purpose, what's my, what am, why am I here? If we're not going to God and getting those questions answered um, through the scriptures, if we're not getting those questions answered by rev the revelation of the Holy Spirit, um, that we are loved, that we are treasured, that he has chosen us, that he has um, called us, called us by name, that he has written our names on the palm of his hands, that, um, that he has known us before we were formed in our mother's wombs that in him we live and move and have our being, that it's no longer us who live, but Christ who lives in us, that we are sons, that we are daughters, that we are co-heirs with Christ, and, 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 and all those things. If we're not carving out time uh, to be with God, just in studying and meditating and contemplating on his word and getting answers, getting the right answers to those questions, what we will do is we will try to find the answer to those questions outside of him. Um, we will try to find the answer to those questions in places like our jobs. Um, we will try to find answers to those questions in relationships with people. Um, we will try to find the answer to those questions in something else that cannot satisfy. It will not satisfied you, we all know we all, we've been around the block long enough to know that that's true like 
I don't need to convince you. It will produce uh, some kind of fruit, absolutely. It's just not the kind of fruit that Jesus had for us in our lives. And the reality is, if we're not intentionally just carving out time, just being in the presence of Jesus, just enjoying his presence, just enjoying his presence around with us, just hanging out with Jesus, knowing that he's with us, knowing that he loves us. If we're not just enjoying his presence around us, things start to kind of get a little bit, things start to get a little bit scary, or at least they should. Um, because that's the point at which all kinds of things suddenly become um, within our grasp. Suddenly things that were um, too great a stretch, suddenly they become within our reach. Suddenly it's, um, it's sort of game on and everything's up for grabs. And, and uh, you know, the way we know that is like when we become cranky or irritable or we become um, consumed with ourselves, that's a good time. That's like a little um, uh, temperature check, a little pulse check, a uh, um, blood pressure check. It's a, it's a good time to, to just ask yourself, actually, when was the last time I spent some time with Jesus? Maybe the reason I'm cranky, maybe the reason I'm irritable, maybe the reason I'm on a short fuse, maybe it's because I haven't spent time with Jesus uh, for a while. And that should find ourselves going back to him and saying, oh, I've, I've missed, I've just missed hanging out with Jesus. Because the truth is everything um, hangs on our connection and our intimacy with God. Our, our relationships, our effectiveness in life, all of it, it all hangs, it all hangs on this. In other words, as we take um, in the word of God, um, we're, we're not going to remain the same. And some of us, we, some of us get stuck because we're, we're trying to live a Christian life and we're, trying, we're hoping that it's all going to work out. Um, but we're missing some of the, just the basics, just, the, just like 101. 101 Christianity. Just sitting, spending time reading and meditating, just enjoying uh, the Word of God. And um, the more time as we, we spend in that, things will start to fall away. Things will start to burn away. Things like um, our impatience. I'm like the most impatient person in the world, right? Um, the, children were, the children were terrified about just the dreading traveling with me over Christmas because I'm so incredibly impatient. And my impatience levels, are, just, they just heightened when I've just not been with Jesus, when I've just not spent time with Jesus. When I spend time with Jesus, I suddenly become really mellow. Um, <laughs> I become mellower. Um, but uh, it's the same is true of our anxiety. We become, some of us are anxious. Some of us, um, some of us are angry. Some of us have got bitterness. Some of us have got dealing with lust. Someone's got greed, jealousy, selfish ambition, all those things. Um, as we spend more time in the scriptures, those things in us get burned away. They get burned away by the, by the power of the scriptures. And sometimes uh, the changes are sudden and they're powerful. Uh, other times it's, it's more of a subtle, it's a, it's a gradual change. Um, but as God's word, the word of God takes its full effect, we begin to see more of the fruit of the Spirit growing and flourishing in our lives. Um, love, joy, peace, patience, 
gentleness, goodness, <laughs> kindness, faithfulness, self-control. Because against those things, there is no law. That's what God has for us. The object of a new year is not that we should have a new year. It is that we should have a new soul and a new nose, new feet, a new backbone, new ears and new eyes. Unless a particular man made New Year's resolutions, he would make no resolutions. Unless a man starts afresh about things, he will certainly do nothing effective. So this year I want to encourage us again um, to take in God's word for us for this new year. Let's resolve to get this book in us again and again and again. Um, determine uh, to get to know it. Let's uh, choose to spend our time, to devote our time uh, to God by studying the Word. And, um, and as, we, as we do that, let's, let's, um, let's encourage one another in that. Let's encourage uh, one another as a, as, a, as a community of believers. Let's spur one another on to love and good works. Um, let's get into the habit of asking each other, what, what have you been reading this week? What have you found helpful? How do you, how do, you do this? Just ask each other. Some people are just brilliant scholars of the Bible. Some people just are fantastic at studying the Scriptures. Some of us are absolutely hopeless at it. It's like, I just can't do this. Ask. Ask other people. Say, what do you do? Oh, well, do you know, I get up at 3 a.m. And I sit for seven hours in a cold room. And... Um, and I read the scriptures and the Spirit of God comes and visits me and angels come from heaven and it's amazing. Do you see? That's my experience. Right? Just from personal thing. Other people will say, yeah, that's less of my experience. My experience is more um, as I'm running out the door, I'm late on the school run and the kids are screaming and I happen to think of a Bible verse. Talk to one another. Let's encourage one another. Let's learn from one another. What are some of the ways that we can access the Scriptures? They're just different ways. Some people are incredibly creative. They, they paint. They, they, they read the Scriptures and they paint and they do all kinds of different things. Other people are really academic. There's all so many different ways. But let's learn together and let's ask each other and just get into the habit of saying, say, Mike, what do you do? What have you been reading this week? How did you read about that? Oh, you're, on the, you're using the Bible in one year app from Nicky Gumbel. Brilliant. How did you get that? That's fantastic. And then go to somebody else and say, what do you, do you do? Oh, I, I was doing this and I've got a, a Bible coloring by numbers book. Um, and when I've read a certain chapter, I'm just inventing something right now. Um, and I've read a chapter, I color it in and the picture slowly comes out. I think it's, uh, it's going gonna, gonna to beat Nicky Gumbel. I'm telling you. Why don't you start?